We kick off the episode with Chris Harrison giving an Emmy award-winning performance of I Didn't Know Heather Was Coming, despite the fact that he like paid for her ticket with his Southwest credit card and sent production's minivan to come get her. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. Oh, see, I was trying to go for like a different vibe this round, which was, I guess, just clinical depression. Just bored. Just a bored vibe, how I'm feeling after this episode. Do you know how hard it is to get my boyfriend to watch The Bachelor with me when the only things I've shown him were Listen to Your Heart and this episode? It is so hard. No wonder he hates it. Like, I can't even be mad. But um, yeah, here we are again. (laughs) Same shit, different week. (laughs) I keep waiting for it to turn around. And this is the problem. We were just saying this before we started recording. He's almost too nice. Like, it's just not fun to watch him. Like, like Ben Higgins was so nice, but there was something so chaotic about him that like made his season watchable. Like Matt James is almost like too even keeled. Yeah, there's just no mess. It makes you kind of like wish that you had a lead who told two women he loved them. Right, thrived on dysfunction. Just like, I want the chaos, which I don't know if that would be good. Maybe we'd still have Victoria if that were the case, but it would make for interesting television. I'm going to say something controversial. Victoria was the only thing keeping the show entertaining. I know she was horrible. She was awful to watch. She annoyed the shit out of me. We were all happy to see her go. But this first episode without her, I was like, wow, like she was literally 40 minutes of every episode because she was the only drama that was happening. You just like had something that you loved to hate. Right. And then that was ripped away from us. And now we just got things that we hate to hate because it's just all boring. And I don't like any of it, frankly. We've got great energy going into this. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) After the first second of the episode, we immediately cut back to the two-on-one with Jasenia and MJ, which quite literally made me lose brain cells. It was so fucking difficult to watch. Basically, both of them just said the same thing to him, but you believe obviously Jasenia more because she was like, I was just pointing out things that were happening and MJ was like, my heart is so big. Like, my heart is so big. That's like the Grinch after he stole Christmas being like my heart, but it grew three sizes. Also, don't you love the toxic energy of of certain women who are like, who pretend to, to be feminist by being like, all she does is tear other women down. Like, yeah, she's trying to undermine me just because I bullied every other woman in this house. Yeah, what I said was MJ is a scarier type of mean girl because she's the type that seems cool and seems easy to befriend. And then you become friends with her and she's a nice nightmare but she gaslights you into thinking you're the nightmare versus the other mean girls victoria and anna were just mean not as much with anna but victoria definitely came in being mean and you were all like great got it mean girl but mj is the type of girl who will gaslight you into thinking you are the problem she is the most dangerous type of mean girl almost regina george like will be nice to you and compliment your clothes but then absolutely ruin your life behind your back so Right. She had a moment where I wanted to like her. Like she was really getting in her feels when Jasenia was talking to Matt because obviously she wanted to go first with talking to Matt because now Jasenia has the upper hand of getting to say what happened and she's getting really worked up. You can tell she's like imploding. And she says, let me fluff my hair. I forgot who I was for a second. Had a weak bitch moment, but I'm back. Okay, that's funny. I laughed. I was like, okay, like, yeah, girl, like fluff your hair. You're good. But then it immediately turned into, she couldn't just have a moment where she was like, I was a weak bitch, but I'm back. Like she had to immediately turn it into every other woman in this house is a weak bitch. And I was like, this is what I mean with your faux feminism. Like it can't just be a moment about you remembering who you are and getting back to business. It has to be like, I'm back, I'm better, and everyone else is simply below me. And I was like, oh God, like I wanted to like her for a second. Like, <sighs> yeah, it was horrible. She she just did the thing where she was just like kind of gaslighting and victim blaming and basically like, you're crazy for thinking I'm crazy. And she was like, you knocked, like you knocked me out, Jasenia. Jasenia calls her Meredith, which was very iconic. She deserves all of the awards for that one. I was absolutely passed out on the floor when I heard her say that. And then Jasenia goes, you knocked yourself out, MJ. And this is, she said this last episode too, where MJ was like, you're questioning my character. And Jasenia was like, no, your character's in question because your character's not very good, frankly. 
Uh, it's not anything I said. <laughs> I didn't lie about you. I didn't question anything that you are. You just are not as good of a person as you think you are. Still the most random two-on-one ever. I mean, I get why they did it, but also like what? <laughs> like, what's happening? So basically to kind of flash forward, the date ends with Matt telling MJ he can't give her the rose. He walks her out and we see one of the most awkward goodbyes that I can remember because MJ and Matt did have a connection. Like there was some kind of relationship there. Like you could tell he was kind of torn up about sending her home. And then they get to the limo and like, again, just this like faux bad bitch energy of her being like, I don't even need to say goodbye to him. And like literally not even a hug gets in the limo and leaves like- I just, there's nothing less like being a bad bitch than just telling everyone you are for no reason. Like Chelsea doesn't need to tell everyone and that's why she is. It's like being an empath. Like Like, if you have to tell everybody you're an empath, you're definitely not an empath, Victoria. So it was just exactly like that. She's like, I'm a bad bitch. And also I think one of the most bad bitch things you can do is put on your brave face, say goodbye like a grown up. And go home. Like Katie. Like Katie did. And you go home and you sit in the limo and you say, I know who I am and I'm confident without a man or whatever. I mean, even Victoria did that. And it was like, okay, you're definitely wrong, but at least be respectful about it. And then you can say, okay, you know what? I'll move on. My life will be okay. Because MJ has thousands upon thousands of Instagram followers. She will get a brand deal. She'll get probably many brand deals. She's going to be fine. Correct. And also just like, The people that do this show right get sent home for reasons like MJ or like Katie, like the connection's just not that strong. And then they get in the limo and get themselves the paradise or bachelorette edit. Like if you're already not winning the bachelor, make something out of it. Like say something relatable. So that way someone in the depths of the internet will be like, maybe MJ for Bachelorette and everyone else will shut it down and then she'll go to paradise. Like that's the way that you play the game. Right. MJ is exactly the person who will go on paradise and probably will end up even liking her on paradise. Like, I just feel like she, she like, I I don't know. She might go on paradise and we'll be like, God, not again, but she's the perfect contestant for paradise. She's messy. She's not that nice, but like she thinks she's nice. She probably looks great in a bathing suit. I'm sure she'd have fun with Wells Adams on the beach. And for that, I'm very happy for her. So I just picture her, I picture her chaotic energy with John Paul Jones. Absolutely. Something about it. So anyway, she goes home. We never even see him give just any of the rose. She just walks in with it. And and my mom and I were like, did she take it? Like scandaloso. I just want to point out that what I will say for Matt that I appreciate is he did not pull a pilot Pete or even a Tasha. He gave one of them the rose, which uh, like I pilot Pete originated that absolute BS where he gave, um, he gave my Kenna again, I know it's McKenna, but it's my Kenna. He gave my Kenna the rose sent Tammy home. And we were like, okay, we don't like my Kenna, but it's better than Tammy. And then he put her through a rose ceremony and didn't even give her a rose. So she went home anyway, just two hours later. And I really didn't like it, but Tasha basically did the same thing. So I was glad that Matt honored the two-on-one formula of you give one of of them the rose well, like allegedly he honored it but we never saw it happen it's very possible that Jasenia just said this is mine and picked it up and walked into the other women we'll never know <laughs> but he didn't question it so I guess that that means that he by proxy gave her the rose who's to say right. so then we skip right to the rose ceremony he Chris Harrison comes in and tells the girls that there's not going to be a cocktail party we're skipping right to the rose ceremony this happens multiple times every season. All these girls have watched the show and yet they always act shocked. And it's happened to them earlier in the season. And yet every time it happens, they're like, can they even do that? Is that even allowed? So we begin the cocktail party with Serena C immediately coming for Katie because A, she's desperate for screen time and B, somehow because Katie told Matt that the girls were toxic. Again, she didn't name anybody. She just said there's a toxic energy. And then the girls acted toxic and outed themselves and she didn't even have to name them. All she did was say some girls are toxic and those girls just let their personalities show. Like that's all she did. All three of them. Right. And like Blake Hortzman was on his story and this gets deeper later into the Serena Katie of it all. But Blake was like, Serena is mad at Katie for calling out the toxicity and bullying, but not mad about the toxicity and 
bullying? Like, I'm so confused. Well, Rena was a part of it. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, she very clearly just doesn't have any friends anymore. So she's bored as fuck. She's like, well, the mean girls aren't here. So what can I do? And just is blaming Katie. She was the Gretchen Wieners. Like she wasn't actually a mean girl, but she was friends with the mean girls and she like supported their antics by proxy. So she starts coming for Katie for calling out toxicity. And Katie's like, what the fuck? Like, it's not my fault he canceled the cocktail party. Like also this happened a week ago. Right. A full week ago that she told Matt about this. Yeah. But for Serena, it's just, it's a very desperate grab for screen time. And it's super obvious. So obvious. This is also the second Mean Girls reference we've made this episode. We're 10 minutes in. So it seems like it's going to be a very on Wednesdays, we wear pink type of night. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. I'm just feeling like I saw something for Mean Girls the other day and it's just been like living rent-free in my brain for the last week and it probably will until I watch it again. Yeah, I don't know. Something about the MJ thing really sparked Regina George and me. So we're Damien <laughs> and Janice and now we're here to call out the bullshit. I'm not assigning which roles we are. So then we see that Jesenia, Rachel, Abigail, and Kit are going in with roses to the rose ceremony. And we find out that three are going to go home because Jesenia got a rose. So Serena P, Michelle, Piper... Brie, Chelsea, Katie, and Serena C are staying and going home are Maggie, Precious Angel, Brittany, who I finally put my finger on it. She was bothering me since she got here. I was like, who does she remind me of? She looks just fucking like Andy Dorfman, like to a T. Yes. The the person who's trying to inhabit your body. Yes, I, I agree. I concur. I don't have any thoughts on it, but yeah. Um, in case you guys don't follow Emily's running page on Instagram, she runs a running club called at M Krebs running club. As soon as she started the running club, Andy Dorfman started a running club. And the joke that we've had ever since is that Andy Dorfman is simply so jealous of Emily and is trying to be Emily wants to be me. So my lawyers are in contact, but she does look like Brittany and she, they're both very gorgeous. So, <laughs> right. So going home are Maggie, Brittany, who looks like Andy Dorfman and Ryan, who was one of the other new girls, which makes Michelle the only me- uh, new girl left standing. I was about to say mean girls again that's the mindset uh yeah ryan got a very very emotional cut where she's crying like in her itm time and you're like okay she's gonna go home because they wouldn't show her this upset unless she was gonna get the last rose but when it came down to it it was serena c who got the last rose maggie is an ethereal earth angel and she's out of everyone's league so that was like okay she should go home because she could do better than literally any man on the planet. Uh, And then Brittany was surprising because of all of the things she's been involved in. But at the same time, unfortunately, I feel like that kind of- It tainted her a little bit. Well, yeah, I feel like it just kind of took up more of her time than I wish it had. Like, I wish she could have spent her time there getting to know Matt and her time was unfortunately taken up by girls being nasty. Yeah, I don't mean to imply that the implication of her being involved in sex work at all tainted her. I imply that like- Basically, from the minute she walked in the door, she was associated with drama, even if it wasn't her fault. And so when I say it tainted her, I mean that I think in Matt's brain, he hasn't really had any interaction with her outside of talking about the drama that she's been involved in. He like didn't get to know her because she came in with like a target on her back. And that was she basically had to spend her time fending that off rather than really getting a chance to get to know him. This week, we are talking about Handmade Shay, who is based in California and makes handmade clay jewelry and gifts. She makes the cutest little dainty earrings. I have a few pairs now, and I'm absolutely loving them. She also does custom orders, which is super, super cool. So you can go to her Instagram, at Handmade Shay, where you can find the link to her Etsy shop. Shop around. I love them so much, and I know that you all are going to as well. So then we find out that the first one-on-one of the week is going to Piper, which is exciting because we have not really seen very much of Piper, which is not to imply that we learn very much about Piper from the one-on-one we're about to see, but I was excited to hear she was getting a one-on-one. It's very clear that he likes her. So it's very like unsurprising that she would get a one-on-one. The only reason she wouldn't have gotten one was that he felt so comfortable that he didn't need to. Also Kit reads the date card. She's wearing like a little vest. And this is where my thoughts on Kit begin to shift. Low-key, you guys, I'm president of the Kit fan club. I've never been her fan. I said this episode one, I was not a fan. And now I'm sitting here like, perhaps people can change. She's she's made some points. <laughs> she's made some points. I love her rich girl energy. Unapologetically rich. Last episode, 
when she, or whenever she had her one-on-one and we were like, so she talks about how hard it is that she's so wealthy and, <laughs> like, yeah. and we like kind of talked about it. Like it's a bad thing. I like really had to think about it after. And I was like, would I not do the same thing? And I feel like this episode, <laughs> we see so much footage of her not giving a fuck. And I respect the hell out of it. I really do. This kid knows if she goes home, she doesn't need a FabFitFun deal. Her mom's a fucking famous fashion designer. Kit does not need the bag that comes from being on The Bachelor. So she doesn't give a fuck. Just no emotion. She doesn't care at all. If she doesn't get a FabFitFun deal, she can make her own. She can make a kit box. I would subscribe. Like, she's kind of a legend, honestly. So anyway, <laughs> she was wearing a vest when she announced the date card. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Something's in the water. Because now I hate Serena C and I love Kit. So... Something has changed. Something has changed within me. So then Serena C decides to main character herself because she doesn't get the one-on-one. She's literally the TikTok trend of like Lana Del Rey music playing in the background. And it's like me as the main character on The Bachelor. Like this entire episode is just her making like desperate grabs for screen time. And it's working. Like we saw a lot of her this episode, but like not in a way that made me want to see more. No, the only time I've wanted to see more of Serena C was when she was absolutely bodying gorgeous outfits. And I was like, she looks stunning. Where's her screen time? But then she decided to be rude as fuck. And I was like, less, way less of this. So she basically is like, goes to Katie's room. This was hard to watch. You know why this was hard to watch? This scene is what people think The Bachelor always is and why they don't watch it. And that's what made it so difficult to watch because it was just watching two gorgeous, capable, competent women argue over an utterly mediocre man. Like, this is why people don't watch the show. And, like, I don't mean that as, like, an an assault toward Matt James, but... Like I was watching this with my boyfriend tonight and I was trying to explain that this show used to be, and we've talked about this, like women like quote competing for like the most eligible men in America. And now it's like, okay, like these two gorgeous, competent, smart women are cat fighting over uh, uh, Matt James who like is verified on Instagram. He's hot, like good, but it was difficult to watch. It was just hard and it's hard to watch anybody yell and it's hard to watch that happen to Katie because, you know, we love Katie. But yeah, Serena basically is just making something out of nothing again. She's mad at the toxicity or she's mad at calling out the toxicity, but not the toxicity. And my whole thing too is like, why are you complaining? You're still here. And the other girls who did leave weren't mad at Katie. They were just upset that they didn't get more time. Right. I feel like the other girls were, I feel like the other girls were pissed they didn't get time, but at the same time, they were happy to be rid of the main girls. Right. So they were like, okay, like it sucks we didn't get time, but at least Katie got rid of them. Like, and if that meant that Jasenia had to go on a two on one with MJ and square up, that's what that meant. But it's unfortunate not getting time, but at the same time, I think every other girl was kind of understanding and Serena C just wanted to make a scene. So basically they scream at each other and Katie's like, I don't know why you're calling me out right now. And also imagine if Katie hadn't pointed it out and then one of those girls got to the end and like Matt James picked them. And then he has to go back and watch this entire season of the girl he picked absolutely like annihilating the other women in the house. How you treat your friends and your acquaintances is how you will treat Right. Somebody you're in a relationship with. Yeah, and and the friendships you have and how strong the friendships you have are is a really, really strong indicator of the type of person you're getting involved with. I don't remember who talked about it. I think it was Ben after he went on a few weeks ago. He was like, I feel for Matt because I don't know if he knows how to ask the right questions. Like he was like, when I was on, I made sure to ask like, who are you friends with in the house? Because it's important to know that the women have friends in the house. And if they don't, that's a red flag. And that's what he was saying is like, he doesn't think Matt knew to ask those questions. And we've seen that he doesn't. So Katie had to like actually go bring it up because it is important as much as it's a competition and you obviously don't want your bestie to end up with the guy you're dating. It's also like, if you're just going to be aggressive and nasty to everybody, what does that say about your character? Right. So then after Serena is just like shrieking at her, Um, we really like learn nothing because at least when we talk over each other, Tara or Adam has the decency to like cut it, edit it. So it sounds like we're not the bachelor producers were like, leave it in. Uh, I couldn't understand a damn word they were saying. Thank God. My boyfriend refuses to turn his subtitles off on his television. I had no idea what was happening. Um, 
And finally, Katie just has enough. And she says something so iconic. She just looks at her and says, thank you for your feedback and walks away. Queen shit. I mean, I'll never accept criticism again. Thank you for your feedback. Even when Katie is being kind of nasty, she just, she reminds me of Rachel Lindsay. Like Rachel is not always the kindest. Like sometimes she says mean shit, but there is just something about Rachel that is so confident and so emotionally mature that even when she's not being that nice, you're just like, damn, I respect the shit out of her. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Katie. You just love to see it. (laughs) She's like, I don't care for this shit at all. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your time. We'll be in touch. My people will call your people, Serena. And Serena goes downstairs and just starts whispering like a little girl, like at the slumber party, like, I don't want to wake up my parents, but I just want to say that Katie's a fake bitch. And then Katie walks in. She's like, you don't need to whisper. I'm right here. And the girls are like, the girls are fighting. All the girls are like, we don't want to deal with this shit. Jasenia is basically just like, focus on your own relationships. It's all gone. Like the mean girls are gone now. So there's no point in arguing about this. Let's just focus on our own shit. Also, uh, before Katie comes down, Serena says to the girls and she goes, and you know, she came in here with her whole quote, sex positive thing. And it made me so mad because the only thing that I can think of that is worse than men shaming women for being sex positive is other women shaming women for being sex positive. Okay, Serena, see, I'm sorry that you've never gotten off in your adult life, but like, do not come for Katie because she uses a vibrator. Like it made me so mad. It was extremely tacky. So that happens. And then quick before we move on, Serena and Katie was the epitome and I love Katie's. So this comes from a place of love, but Serena and Katie was the epitome of what we used to talk about with Bennett and Noah. Like if you are in seventh place, do not come for the person in eighth place. Like neither Katie or Serena is marrying Matt. It's very clear at this point. Stop it. That's all I got to say about Very that. true. So then we moved to a cutaway. Heather arrives officially, as we saw in the cold open, as we've seen in all the previews from the beginning of the season. And she's like, Hannah Brown came back from meeting quarantine with Matt and told me that we would be perfect together. And I just, before he got engaged, I had to come on and, and tell him how I feel. Has never met this man. Is basing this off of Hannah Brown and her little story time, her little storytelling. Messy bitch who lives for drama. Do you think Hannah Brown... Do you think Hannah Brown watched this episode? It was like, I never fucking said that. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I low-key think that she was not trying to stir the pot. And yet here we are. So Heather shows up. Chris is like, what are you doing here? He definitely used his flight points to get her there. And also he said to her when she arrived something about her hotel. So spoiler alert. I think you knew, Chris. Also, in case anyone was confused, she was maskless, implying that she had quarantined on the property. That's the first thing. Second of all, she was miked. We picked her up loud and fucking clear. She was wearing a microphone. This was all very obvious. The problem that I had with Heather this whole time is that she looked really happy with herself, which it just bothered me because I was like, if you were on the show, think about your season, Colton's season, and a girl from a past season had come on and been like, I'm here for Colton. You'd be pissed. So it's always just, it was just unfair to me. It's happened before, but I'm fine. If you're a contestant from a previous season and someone gets cast and you feel like you would be great with them and you want to come on. I have respect for people like Becca Tilly, who was the runner up of her season. Like she made it so fucking far on Chris soul season, but she wanted to meet Ben Higgins. She wanted to be on Ben Higgins season. And she came for night one and she wrote out the entire process again. Like that's how, you know, somebody is there because they actually feel like they might have a connection with this person. Heather was just doing this for screen time. And it's obnoxious. It was just really annoying. She just really thinks highly of herself. it, it, It seems. And or just thinks highly of the fact that she's there and thinks she's going to make the world of difference for Matt because she's there. She reminds me of like the college freshman coming back to her old high school and feeling like she's hot shit. She's like, oh my God, like Matt will be so excited. I'm here. Like I was on Colton season, like literally it, it had such college freshmen going back to their high school vibes. Like it has very much. I was the witch and into the woods last year. Energy going back to her, her high school theater program, <laughs> going back to her high school theater program. Who's right. doing She's like, well, I was the witch last year. So I just felt like I should give some notes. So super annoying. And then finally we get to Matt and Piper's one-on-one and there was a carnival. Yeah. 
Well, once again, The Bachelor put a lot of unemployed regional theater members to work on this uh, setup for the carnival because once again, somehow, miraculously, one single switch operates an entire carnival. But it really made me mad because, like, Rachel got an entire shopping spree and Piper just got motion sickness. And it was another classic example of the budget difference between this season and Tasha's season. Cause last year on Tasha's season, Zach and Tasha got a single Ferris wheel. And this season, the Nima colon just full carnival. And then the worst part is that, okay, carnival, cute, whatever. We've seen this date on the show a million times. They go to a carnival, it's cute. Then we go to the dinner portion and I texted you because I thought it was just me, but I learned nothing about Piper other than that her family doesn't express themselves well. That's all I learned. And like, join the club. We didn't see a lot of substance. It probably happened, but they thought that we'd care more about her being emotional. Right. And then we end the date. Guys, I wasn't fucking joking a few weeks ago when I said that The Bachelor spends their entire budget on Z-list country singers, because I am not kidding. I listen to country music every single day. Anyone who knows me knows I constantly have country music playing. Who the fuck is Timakula Road? Temecula? 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 I don't know. I have never heard of these people before in my life. Uh, yeah. I bet $100 that this date was Chris and Brie, and then they had to edit over it just really poorly with a different random band and be like, no, no, no. It was Temecula Road. What the fuck is a Temecula? I just feel like Temecula is going to be one of those things that like five years from now, this country group is going to be Lady Antebellum realizing it's like a racist rooted word. It's got to be problematic somewhere. So they go go on this date with these random country singers and we like Piper, but we don't really learn a lot about her. And then we go back to the house where they announce the group date. And basically what we learn is that all the girls are going the group date except Katie, which means Katie is getting the other one-on-one. And Serena C is like, well, I hope he goes on the date and realizes who she truly is. And it's like, I hate when Serena C is happy. Honestly, the thing I was most upset about Katie going home was not even so much Katie going home. It was that I knew that Serena was going to get such immense satisfaction out of it. And I was like, I don't like that. No, I take that personally. I want her to go put on that fabulous white blazer dress and sparkly boots again and shut the fuck up. That's what I want from Serena. And stay in her lane because she's a flight attendant. So literally stay in your lane, (laughs) Serena C. I take back one, like all of the nice things I've said about Serena C's outfits, if that wasn't clear. Imagine Serena C being your flight attendant. And the buckle goes across your lap. You tighten it to the right. Under your seat, you'll find an inflatable device. Put it over your shoulders. Pull the red thing. I'm like famous for falling asleep on flights like super early. Like just second I get on a plane, I'm out. I... I would have record timing if she were my flight attendant. I would be out (laughs) so fucking quick. Turn the timer on. Like I'm already gone. That's like a trait. I really think like of all the things that I envy about you, which is a lot of all the things that I'm envious of your ability to fall asleep on flights, I think is the thing I'm most envious of. I could literally take NyQuil and be wide awake on a flight. So we're getting a lot of weird Heather vlogs of her when she's like, quote unquote, quarantining, which definitely took took place over the span of like a day because she had probably already quarantined. And she was like, here's me in my room waiting for Matt. And then she has like a pizza and she's like dancing with the pizza box on her head. Very much things I didn't want to see. Very TikTok teen of her. I was like, let's get back to the juice, please. I don't, I don't want to look at any of this. It was the epitome of absolutely no one asked. And yet The Bachelor was like, Here's a Heather vlog. Like it was like when Colton was the bachelor and they used to give us those weird selfie videos of him like laying in bed and he'd be like, I'm going to drink a protein shake and then I'm going to go work out. And then we'd see him run on the beach for 35 seconds. Yeah, super Horrible. weird. I don't like it at all. And and it was like Heather. So it was someone that we haven't even met yet. If this is like your first season, like you don't even know her. I don't care how her quarantine is going. No one's asking how my quarantine is going, so I sure as hell don't care about Heather's. I'm not vlogging mine, and I've been like this since March, so why should I care about you, Heather? You got there yesterday. So then we go on the bowling date. Again, this episode was just riddled with dates that always get done on this show. We had the carnival. Now we have the bowling date. This has happened a lot. Uh, They go bowling. There's two bowling teams. Classic bachelor formula. The team that wins is going to get to go to the after party. And the team that loses is going to have to go home. But of course, because Matt is a nice guy, the losing team doesn't really go home. 
and I would spend more time talking about it, except nothing exciting happened. Literally nothing happened, except when Chris Harrison said that the bullying thing was a competition, all the girls acted shocked. And it was like, why are you surprised at this point? You know that this is what these people do. So yeah, they, they go on the date. And like the first four, the winning four get to go on the date first. And then he invites the last five. When I saw the date card come for the second group of girls, maybe it's the White Claw, but I thought this implied that they were getting a separate cocktail party. And so it just, it didn't benefit anybody because the first four didn't get their time. And then the other five showed up and they came in late. So they didn't get their time. Like. It just, it didn't work for anybody. No, thank you. Hated it. I'm sending a very strongly worded letter to the Bachelor producers who do this every year. So yeah, nothing happens. Michelle gets the rose. That's what happens. Chelsea is getting pressed about it. We're finally starting to see Chelsea crack a little bit, which this happens every season. There's always people that by this point in the game haven't gotten a one-on-one yet. And now they're starting to crack. Sad that this uh, plague is coming for our queen, Chelsea, but she is starting to crack. So Then we get one more really horrible Heather vlog. Heather vlogging from the Nima colon or the motel down the road from the Nima colon. It just reminds me of like when I tried to start a YouTube channel in the eighth grade. The energy of it, I absolutely hated it. It just fed into this whole thing with her where she's so like happy with herself kind of and not thinking about maybe the consequences. So then we finally get to what we've literally been waiting for since they announced Matt James as The Bachelor. We get the date that Tyler C is going to be on. Well, first, we don't know he's going to be on a date. We think he's just having a pre-date conversation with Matt. They're just dudes being bros playing pool. Like, they're having a blasty blast. Like, maybe they're going to touch tongues a little bit. I don't know. Like, they're just so happy to be there. It's really not about what we saw. It's more about what we didn't see. What happened behind the scenes? That's what I want to know. That's where the juice of it is. Right. I love them so much. I love Tyler C so much. Like Tyler C just really like uh, provokes that like 15 year old girl in all of us that like just has a crush on the Tyler C's of the world. Like, does he really have that much of a personality? No. Is he incredibly hot? Of course. Does he probably have one Navy fitted sheet on his bed and that's it? A hundred percent. Yeah. But that's what we're here for. For some reason, that doesn't bother me. And that scares me at this point in my life. Because at this point in my life, that should absolutely bother me. But something about Tyler C, I don't know, evoke mm-hmm. something deep, deep inside me. I remember I thought this is just like, I, I want an egg to be cracked on my face as I say this. I really remember during Hannah Brown's season saying that Pilot Pete was hotter than Tyler. Oh, no. Okay, everybody pray for Kayla. Ain't nothing wrong. She just doesn't have eyeballs. (laughs) Now, I just want to point out that when I made this comment, he had not been The Bachelor yet. All we knew of Pilot Pete was that he fucked three times in a windmill. Well, yeah, in your defense, everybody kind of thought Pilot Pete was hot until he was announced as The Bachelor. I kind of get it. Ari owes everything to Pilot Pete because Ari was the most hated Bachelor until Pilot Pete, and now nobody gives a fuck about Ari. Anyway, so we see them playing pool. Nothing of substance happens. Tyler tells him to keep his options open because his relationship with Hannah was a slow burn. Whatever. Same conversation we see every season when they bring somebody. He was like, it was a slow burn and look at us now. Like, yeah, you guys broke up. Great. Thank you so much. You came in second. Right. Tyler's like, from my failed relationship on this show, I can tell you that what you should do is. So, yeah. So they like play pool and Matt is just so happy that his little bestie is there, which we love to see. So then we get maybe what has been one of my favorite dates on this show in a long time. Katie shows up for her date with Matt. Matt tells her that what their date is going to be is that Tyler is getting a massage at the Nima colon and his masseuse, who is a lady has an earpiece in and Katie and Matt are going to be feeding things for her to do into the earpiece while she is massaging Tyler. Now, see, this is where I have to like put my like little feminist hat on. If this were a female having this prank done to her, it would be incredibly inappropriate and I would hate it. But because I'm a hypocrite, I thought it was really funny because it was Tyler. And unfortunately, this date was just a massive excuse for Matt to hang out with Tyler. It had nothing to do with wanting to hang out with Katie, which is kind of sad, but they did seem to have a lot of fun doing it. This date like seemed like so much fun in like, this was the date I would want if I went on this show because I love pranks. 
So yes, it was an excuse for him to hang out with Tyler. And it was also just very much proof that they have the physical connection of a stick and a rock. It was like a wet stick and a wet rock. Anyway, very much no physical connection happening here. So that was sad. And they just had bestie vibes. Yeah. So then we go to the dinner portion. We learn nothing additional about Katie before she tells him that she's in it for the long haul. She wants to see where this goes. Matt picks up the rose. The second he picks up the rose, I say, because he looked troubled and he picks up the rose and I say, he's not going to give it to her. And my boyfriend says, really? He picked it up. And I was like, wait. And then he did. And, and to Matt's credit, they make him do this. They make him pick up the right. rose, whether he's going to give it to her or not. Like it's not just Matt being a dick, but he picks up the rose and he tells her that he appreciates her and that he thinks she's amazing. And then he says that it, relationships with other women are further along and that he cannot give her the rose. And Katie looks blindsided. It really was sad to watch. She looks like she just was not yeah. expecting it at all. And then she gets sent home and she goes in the limo and she tells him that she hopes he finds everything he's looking for. Yeah, and she takes it so well. Like we said earlier, like she has bad bitch energy because she handles things well. And you can just tell like, that's a girl that I respect and that I that I really admire. I really admire her her reactions yeah. to things. Like she doesn't cry. And it's, it would, if she cried, it would be fine. It's not like big girls don't cry or anything like that, but she just handles it so well in that she doesn't take it personally. She doesn't take it as an attack on her. She doesn't think it's like, I did something wrong or you know I'm invalidated because he doesn't like me enough. She knows who she is. And she'll find somebody who appreciates who she is. So I just really right. appreciate and admire her for that. Because of course, like any breakup, it's so hard to not take personally. Right. And I think we see it on both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, so I forget who went home tonight. It was probably Ryan or somebody dramatic, but got into the limo and they're like, I just wasn't enough. And I'm like, girl, you spoke to Matt James three times and you're willing to like throw away your entire self-worth because he didn't want to date you. Like I understand like when you've been dating someone for a year and they break up with you out of nowhere and you're like, oh my God, like I wasn't enough for him. Like that's not yeah. true, but I understand it more. Like sister girl, you spoke to him three times. She was one of the people who arrived late too. It was like, you really didn't get a chance. Right. And I kind of said this with Katie too. And I don't necessarily think it's true fully with Katie, but we- there's always someone somewhere every season who gets a one-on-one -on -one too late. She didn't get a one-on-one -on -one early enough to really start a connection. And he hasn't been able to form a connection with her on group dates or other settings. So her timing of her one-on-one -on -one just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't enough for them to get to know each other fully. I don't really think that's like the reason that he sent her home, but it is, we always see this. Like there's always somebody every season who gets their one-on-one -on -one kind of too late and doesn't really get the chance to yeah. blossom in a relationship. Yeah. And then we see Matt James walk directly into a fog machine uh, to close out Katie's one-on-one. -on -one. Like, it was the most dramatic shot I've ever seen on this show. It was so stupid. He walked directly into a fog machine and a fog light. And then we cut to commercial. And then we ended the episode with honestly, the, the the Bachelor is really trying to pitch the narrative that they didn't know Heather was coming. Heather does not drive a white minivan when she's home. They gave her this car. It's also probably on Chris Harrison's credit card, that rental car. They're probably just not showing the side of the car because it says like Nima colon. <laughs> like it's, it's literally the Bachelor ABC. We're like, great, thank you so much. Wonder where that car came from. I really think that she was quarantining at the Nima colon and they just had her get in the minivan and take a lap around right. the block so that it would look like she was down the street. They were like, go out, we'll open the gate and then come back in and we'll question you at the gate as if you haven't been here for two weeks. Right, it was so stupid. Even if you're trying to like make us believe this whole story that she came unprovoked, you had no idea she was coming, whatever. She's still a former contestant of the show. Like once you had her quarantining at the quote motel, you couldn't have had a limo come pick her up to bring her to the Nima colon. Like they are just trying so hard to pitch this narrative and it is so fucking stupid. They committed so hard to the bit that there was no turning back, but this is the bit they should not have committed to. Literally. So yeah, super weird. So we're at the cocktail party. There's this little glimmer of hope that's like, maybe look at back to the normal schedule and have a rose ceremony. Absolutely not. We forgot Heather's here. How could I be so silly? So <laughs> they're at the cocktail party and they're, you know, talking to him and they're all getting their chance. And then 
Piper is talking to him and Piper already has a rose, which is, which is good because what happens is Heather walks in and just starts like laughing her ass off and Matt starts laughing his ass off and they're both just kind of cackling at each other. They just really embodied how we all felt watching it. Like just so viscerally uncomfortable that we, like you just have to laugh. (laughs) That's very true. We we were all sitting at home like, what's going on? And that's exactly what Matt's reaction was. And Heather was like, I know, right? Like crazy that I'm here. I've been here for two weeks quarantining. (laughs) Such a quirky, fun girl girl but also what i will say to heather's credit she looked fucking sickening oh she looked so good i was like thank god she showed up like in an outfit looking so good because i was like if she showed up as anything less than that it would have been even more sad and embarrassing i mean she pulled up full confidence because she was wearing a wedding dress like she fully said i'm here to be your wife so step aside, ladies. And the ladies were not happy, which I wouldn't be either. It's so annoying. She was like, I just had my first kiss last year and I am ready to get hitched. Marriage is the obvious next step after getting your first kiss. Me at 15. Me in the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much the end of the episode. We leave on a cliffhanger. We don't know if he's going to keep Heather. We didn't get the rose ceremony. We got nothing we asked for. No. Okay, guys, today we are sharing a little bit about the company that produces our podcast. The Chickadee Collective is a new forum created for women by women. In an effort to bring like-minded energy and inspiration to one place, Chickadee has collaborated with female artists who have cultivated multi-hyphenate careers. Subscribe now at www.chickadee.blog to stay in the loop on updates and features, and be sure to follow them on Instagram at Chickadee Collective. They do a lot of really, really cool work. A lot of women have been featured so far on the blog and it's only growing and they produce our silly little podcast where we get on here and talk about The Bachelor. But there is so much more to Chickadee than that. So please go give them a follow and check out their work and be on the lookout for more Chickadee podcasts in the future. And that brings us to the gossip portion. I will do non-spoilers first because the last one is a potential spoiler. So that being said, I know Emily and I want to touch on this. We don't want to be a dead horse on this issue. We discussed it last week. Rachel, she's been under fire for all sorts of racist allegations based on her social media, the social media of her family and friends. And then because once the cancellation train gets rolling, we just have to go all the way. So Something new has come out and it is pictures of Rachel in 2018 at a fraternity formal that is antebellum themed. And for those people who don't know what antebellum is, because I know that that's probably pretty common, antebellum is a style of home and they were plantation homes. And As with a lot of things in America that are racist, they become ingrained in our culture and we almost don't realize the racist roots of a lot of things. And I'm not saying Rachel did or didn't know what it was, but for example, the country group Lady Antebellum was called Lady Antebellum for like 10 years before someone was like, hey, that's kind of racist. And then they changed it to Lady A, which is equally problematic because they're suing a black woman for that name. But my point being, Rachel has not spoken about this issue, so we don't know if she knew the implication, but they did dress up like plantation owners, which doesn't look great for her. Right, And it's also commonly called like an Old South theme, which I guess is pretty common on what I was like reading on these various like TikToks and Reddit threads or whatever. It's very common in the fraternity that it was, which is KA. I just think it was 2018, like she was old enough at in that year to know what this was. And I don't really want to touch on this too much because I don't I don't really like giving her the time of day. Honestly, I'm just really, really upset with her. And I'm really upset that she hasn't addressed any of it. And I know she's under contract, but I mean, when Victoria F came under fire for things her season, I feel like she spoke about it while the season was still happening. I think it's different. Again, if you are trying to be spoiler free, maybe pause and skip forward by a minute. 
That being said, I think it's different because the rumor is she wins. Yeah. And if you remember correctly, when Garrett won Becca's season and he had a lot of these allegations, they didn't they didn't let Garrett speak until the finale. And it was because he won. Right. And I think the difference is that Victoria Fuller didn't win. Yeah, she, so she, she may have off. had yeah. more leeway with what she got to speak about. Yeah. The fact that Rachel hasn't made a statement yet leads me to believe that the rumors about her winning are true. That's true. And I'm also upset, if that's the case, I'm upset with ABC too and with the Bachelor franchise as well because I think, I just feel like she should speak about this. She should be held accountable for these things. And the only, the reason that we really wanted to talk about this again was just to say, like, we are two white women. It is not our place to forgive Rachel for any of this. It's not our place to excuse anything that Rachel is doing. What she's doing is absolutely not okay. And we're not allowed as white people. It is not our time and it's not our place to say, well, but she didn't mean it or she didn't do these things or whatever. It is our job to hold her accountable for these things and to hope that she addresses these things, but it's not our job to excuse these things. Right. So that's kind of just the latest on the Rachel situation. I have a feeling this kind of confirms the theories about her winning the show. So I have a feeling that is why she's not addressing it because they're going to want it for the ratings for the finale, which is icky and gross because it's capitalizing off of the trauma of black people. What's new with ABC and this franchise? So The next thing is that Pilot Pete, being problematic as ever, attended a super spreader in Tampa, Florida, where he was like all over Kelly. It's on Twitter. It's on everything. I was actually really disappointed in a lot of Bachelor Nation for attending the event in Tampa this weekend, especially because a lot of them I know are people just based off their social media who actually have been taking quarantine seriously. Like, I don't see a lot of them out. I don't like, like Blake Hortzman and like, Kelsey and people like that, like they're always home. They're always posting from home. And like, it seemed like they were taking it decently seriously. And then there was some kind of like quote celebrity volleyball match in Tampa for the Super Bowl. I don't really know who is classifying these people as celebrities, but they all attended and it was maskless. And there was like 200 people there. And it was really disappointing to see. Can you imagine someone being like, who's your favorite celebrity? And you being like Pilot Pete from The Bachelor. Ew, developed taste. You might have COVID because you don't have a sense of taste. I really, um, I try not to shit on Bachelor contestants a lot, especially because I do like a lot of them. And I think they do catch, like you shouldn't be following Bachelor Nation people to be your role models. Like that's not why you should be following them. But at the same time, it is upsetting to see people like Jason Tardick and Caitlin on their social media when they got COVID a month ago and being like, this is serious. Please take this seriously. And then attending a super spreader in Tampa. Right. So, and it's just like, just cause you have the antibodies doesn't mean you should go partake in the super spreader. Like you're not helping. Right. So that was what was going on in Tampa. And then the last thing possible spoiler. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, this is a good time to turn it off and subscribe to don't insult my intelligence podcast and leave us a review and follow us at don't insult my podcast. Instagram. That being said, the rumors are in that the women tell all filmed last week and that Katie was possibly announced as our next bachelorette. Which would make sense because she was eliminated. So it, it does track because they don't want to announce someone who like is still on the show. Some people have said this is false. Like Mari, I know commented on it, uh, who was on this season and said false. So we don't really know, but if this is true, I mean, I'll shit a breath. I'll be so fucking excited. Well, I think it's a few things. One, she is the best person from this season that could be picked. I know that we like Abigail, we like Chelsea, but like, just because we like someone as a contestant doesn't mean they would be a good lead. And I feel like Katie will be a good lead. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is this would be kind of monumental because up until this point, a lot of the women really, even if they don't have a connection on the lead with the lead, they kind of fake it because they want to get far enough where they'll be considered to be the bachelorette. Yeah. And so Katie coming in like ninth place or whatever she did, that would definitely be the, the furthest they've reached kind of in terms of placement of contestants to pull a bachelorette which would very much change up the formula of people feeling like, I mean, Hannah Brown came in fifth and that was like, whoa, they picked someone that came in fifth. So them picking Katie who came in ninth would really be changing up that formula, I think in a very positive way. Yeah, and the guys get asked this too, like 
Brendan was asked this last season because he made it to like fourth or whatever and people were kind of like well did you only try to make it far or third did you only try to make it far so that you could be the bachelor and he was like no I just I made it that far and then I realized that we weren't on the same page and I left and I didn't really think about that and so I think that that's a very common thing though is that even if you didn't do that people assume you did and I feel like between Matt having never been a contestant on the show and Katie possibly coming in as as I hate to say like oh she placed like low or whatever but like Katie not being you know top four top five I think between the casting of those two leads like that would really be changing the way that we cast leads for this franchise and that's how we're going to get away from women who all look the same who are 24 from the south being the bachelorette right because also what we see all the time is like a lot of these leads have a type and then they have this the top four three or four is kind of like all the same person so (laughs) right whoever ends up being the bachelorette or bachelor is kind of the same as whoever we've seen before so I love Jojo so much she's one of my favorite bachelorettes but I have to say she was so chronic for that ask me what the difference is between Jordan Rogers Robbie Hayes and Chase Brody McNary they all look exactly the fucking same like Jordan is a much better person than the other two but like yeah they all look exactly the same. They're all the same guy. Like when they were on the show, I was like, she literally chose the same guy three times for her top three. Quite literally. So, so I think this varying time, so. will be good. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I would love it if it's, if that's actually the decision that has been made, I'll be so happy except that I do want her and Riley to date. So that'll be upsetting for me, but maybe he'll pull a Heather and go on the season. Who's to say? Except maybe he'll be respectful and do it on time and come on night yeah, one. Yeah, come on night one. That'd be good. Also, Catherine Giducci, who is Sean Lowe's wife, who was on the show a while ago, like eight years ago, she called out Dylan Barber and Jed for their Twitter bullshit and yep. was like, we're adults and you go on the show and anything that you don't want to do or you don't want to say, you don't have to. So she was just kind of right. like, it just seemed very cry for help, attention-y. And there's very clear divide, I think, between people who are on the show prior to like Ben Higgins season and people who are on the show after that. The reason I say Ben Higgins season has nothing to do with Ben Higgins. It just has everything to do with the fact that the year that that aired was when social media influencing really became an actual thing. His season aired in 2016 and that was kind of the rise of Instagram and stuff like that for business purposes. And I think that's when the formula of contestants started to change. Yeah. And I think that's why people like Sean and Catherine, Jade and Tanner, like they're great, but they don't necessarily understand what the show is like anymore because that's not what it was when they went on. I love Catherine. I love her so much, but like Catherine, shut up. Like you haven't been on the show in eight right. years. You don't know what it's like anymore. Like, yeah, I think the thing I appreciated about it is she's one of the only success stories. She's the only oh, for sure. success yes. story as of now. That's like an actual success story from the finale. And I just appreciated like, because we said this, like I appreciate bachelor contestants speaking out against like the flaws of the system, the flaws of the show. Like, obviously, I mean, we literally have a full podcast dedicated to just shitting on the franchise. So right. I appreciate it, but it was like we said also about Dylan, it was like, this seems like a little bit of a thirsty move. Like who cares <laughs> at this point? Like, I don't care enough about yeah. Jed to care about this. And so it was just interesting that she spoke out, but absolutely. She was on the show kind of during a different time and didn't necessarily see the things that the show is now. All right. So that's it though. That's all for gossip. That's our show folks. So I already said it a little bit earlier for our friends who wanted to tune out before we got to spoilers, but please go subscribe to Don't Insult My Intelligence podcast. And I would mouth kiss you if you left us a nice review when COVID's over because, you know, I'm not trying to have that on my hands. But please go leave a nice review. And then while you're on your phone thinking about our podcast, go on Instagram, follow at Don't Insult My Podcast and tell us how pretty we are. And we'll love you so much forever. And uh, we promise you tongue kisses from both of us if you do both of those things. So once you get vaccinated, once we're all vaccinated, obviously, obviously, obviously. So uh, thanks so much for listening. Good night.